I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson. On your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, uh, lovely Wednesday here. We're halfway through the work week. Yeah. It is a beautiful day compared to what yesterday was. Yes. And um, lots of uh, stuff to get to here with uh, the show. Uh, had a chance to talk to Deontay Johnson this morning. Had a chance to nice. talk to Vince Williams this morning. Um, Players are more and more accessible now for you guys, huh? I mean, a couple. Well, of I mean, they, yeah, they have to right? make certain, you know they have to make some guys accessible sure. to us every day. I mean, they're at the facility, and you know, right. They're Coach at the Tomlin's facility. Tomorrow, we are right? not. You know, yeah, we, right, we, right. yeah, we'll get Mike Tomlin tomorrow. Of course, yesterday we talked to Ben Roethlisberger for the first time. Uh, Deontay Johnson saying today when we talked to him that Roethlisberger was cutting it loose yesterday. Huh. And I said the accuracy was there. He was he had uh, you know a lot of zip on the ball. Yeah. Um, again, you know, nothing but positive news on that front for the Steelers. And when I did hear that little clip, I immediately thought, Deontay, how do you know when Ben's cutting it loose? You've never... <laughs> <laughs> he did got. Ever, did your buddies tell you last year? Um, they, I mean, I know they got. Yeah, they, they camped together, and you know, he got more time with Roethlisberger last year than James Washington had gotten the year before. Noticeably more, right? Noticeably yeah, more, right. yeah. And the reason for that was, you know, when James Washington was a rookie, uh, the Steelers had Antonio Brown and, and Juju, and Juju year, right? yeah. yeah. So they had. They had a, a depth chart that was pretty, you know, stacked. Yeah, right. Hayward Bay, I guess Coates was on that team at yeah. that point. Uh, no, no Coates, but uh, you still had Switzer. You, I mean, so yeah, they, they yeah, had – Some guys that were playing. They had guys that were ahead of him on a depth chart. Uh, Johnson didn't have as many roadblocks in front of him, so therefore he got more playing time with Roethlisberger last year. I also wonder – and they'd probably never admit it, but I wonder if the coaching staff said – we kind of screwed up with James. Maybe we should have got him with Ben more. Probably so. There yeah. was a disconnect there. For Absolutely. A while, when you know? when Washington got into the lineup, um, you know, eventually worked his way into the lineup when they and they had to put him in there. Uh, he and Ben just weren't on the same page. Right. Right. And that was an issue. And it's hard to get on the same page. Yeah. You know, week ten, and when you're trying to right. prepare for teams and stuff. Yeah. So right. they, you know, they did make sure that there was a noticeable change in that last year that that Deontay Johnson did get more playing time with Ben now. Early in the season, that wasn't the case. He didn't play a lot early mm-hmm. in the season because he missed, you know, a healthy portion of the off-season stuff. 
Uh, he missed some oh, time, right. missed some time in training camp, but he had some nagging issues. Uh, had had an off-season surgery to repair a sports hernia. I say he wasn't even 100% the whole season. No. <laughs> like, that gets right. overlooked. Right, that's really encouraging. Says he's 100% now, and uh, we'll see where he's at once things get rolling here. But, uh, you know, I think everybody has high hopes for him and what he can do with Roethlisberger this year. Likewise with Vince Williams, um, you know, when we talked to Keith Butler last week, he said, look, we when we uh, – when our defense screwed something up last year, mm-hmm. it was largely because of the communication in the secondary, at, okay. the, sec- at the secondary level. Which isn't uncommon. but yeah, isn't right, uncommon. Right. It needs correction, yeah. sure. Um, and he said, one, you know, one of the things that we love about Vince is that he's a great communicator on the field. Yeah, we talked a little about this yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's one of the reasons why Mark Barron isn't here anymore. I don't know. It's tough. He was put in a tough situation. The, between the lines a little bit, huh? You yeah. take a guy... Yes, he's a veteran guy, mm-hmm. uh, but you bring him in in the off season. Here, he, okay, you you put him out there and say, okay, you're our every, you're going to be the guy who's on the field the majority of the time while we break in the rookie. Yeah, and so you're going to be our nickel. You're going to be our large. You're going to be the nickel and dime linebacker. So when you're the nickel linebacker, okay, you got somebody else out there with you. But mm-hmm. in this case, it was Devin Bush for the most of the time. More often than not, right. yeah. When you're the dime linebacker, you're the only linebacker out there. Right, right. And so he was making the play calls in a lot of those situations, and quite frankly, you know, maybe didn't know the the, the playbook or communicated properly or right. speak loudly enough. Or, I mean, things happen quick, and you're in a loud stadium sometimes. Always, yeah. And, I mean, not this year, <laughs> and you know, it, maybe it's hard to get it out of your mouth. I, who knows? But whatever. Right. If there's an issue there, it needs corrected. Obviously. So you know, he's no longer here. Vince Williams is back, and I, I'm just wondering. What they're going to do in terms of, you know, Devin Bush is going to be on the field, uh, if not 100% of the time, 98% Unless of the time. Unless he taps out. Right. Yeah, right, if he needs an air, a blow or whatever. Um, but Vince Williams is going to be out there in the base, which he was last year. Mm-hmm. He was out there more after Stephon Tuitt went down um, as a more or less a, a, an extra pass rusher in that nickel defense. Right, right. Um, they did drop him on occasion, but certainly, you know, they rushed him as much as anything. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, that looks like it's going to be what they do again this year. And, you know, it gives you, if you're going to do that, I guess you have the ability to, to, to drop Watt out or you can drop Dupree out. I don't love that. Yeah. I mean, people forget, though. I mean, they're still a pretty blitz-happy team. You know, they're, right. they're not as reliant on it as they used to be, but they still bring five. I think they were like eighth most or something like that in the league. Which typically they were – at the top of that list in previous exactly, years. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I think Bush is going to be a better and better blitzer. We know Vince already is an excellent blitzer. And I don't have the numbers in front of me on this, but clearly the snaps that Bud and Watt drop have dropped. <laughs> I know? think it last year was like they were both less than 10%. And usually it's like 30? Yeah, the previous like year they were, they, were in like the, they were in the high teens. Okay. Uh, the year before that, they were both at least in the twenties. I think I think um, Dupree was in the twenties, and 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 actually Watt was I, th- I think in the thirty percent range. So they've relied less and less on that because they've gotten better guys, better guys at the secondary level to cover. Mm-hmm. Well, Vin, you know, I, I think and Vince was asked this today. You know, do you do you feel like you can cover like you need to? Because you know that's they've never we've never sat down in a in a game planning meeting and then they've never said Vince we don't want you covering anybody. Right. I'm I'm sure that's yeah. true. I mean, I'm sure everybody recognizes that that's not his but, best asset. <clears throat> I mean, I you know, I was told in training camp 
last year that they didn't want – they thought they were a better defense if Vince Williams played better. Fewer snaps, I should say. Mm-hmm. But that was coming off of a year where they played John Bostic and Vince Williams. Right. Primary. Prim- so you had two guys out there who were – you know, I, I think Vince it's Williams – fleet of foot. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and so I think perhaps Vince Williams got labeled a, a bit unfairly – Lumped in with yeah, the other guy. with and, John Bostic. Right, right, when right. you had two of those guys, well, now if you if you just have one out there. And they both had the, the problem of neither was Ryan Shazier. Right, and that's the, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So if you're measuring those guys against against that level. You, yeah, you want yeah. the Shazier type who's special, Then, you know? yeah, that's not going to work, which, which is why they went out and got Mark Barron and, and they draft Devin Bush. Now they've got two of those guys, mm-hmm. and I think they found that last year – at times, the run defense suffered because of it. Yeah, uh, let's, let's let's talk about that some more too. Because let's say you communicate fifteen percent better than you did last year because Williams is on the field, but he doesn't get the quite as many ball carriers on the edge or gets beaten coverage ten percent more of the time or whatever. You know, I mean, like there's going to be a little bit of a give and take there. Yeah. I still think you take it because communication problems are the worst. Those I mean, are the ones I mean? that gets. Those are the ones where you end up having guys running down the middle of the field. Right, the, and then yeah. the two dudes looking at each other with their hands yeah. in the air. You know. Um, also, you're not going to have as much of a presence at nose tackle. So they'll have people called NTs, but they're not going to be Hargrave in terms of holding right. the point. So maybe the thumper in the middle is a little more valuable because the people in front of them aren't as beefy. Yeah. The other thing that he said, he said, look, we could, uh, because he was asked specifically about the run defense, it's, and it's something that we've talked about a ton. Mm-hmm. He said, look, we're going to have Ben Roethlisberger back. We're not going to play as many snaps on defense yep. this year. Uh, teams aren't going to get into four minute situations against us and just be able to run the football. True. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think they're, they're not going to get as worn down. They're not going to be out there, you know, playing 70 plus snaps in a game. No, you would hope not. You right? would think yeah, not, you would yeah. Think not. Yeah. Um, with with Roethlisberger out right. there. And so uh, the, their offense will possess the football more as well. Of course, that has a great trickle-down effect. And the other thing, you know, like the Browns are a really good example of this. It used to be fullbacks were a dying breed. But we see the Niners and the Patriots, some of these highly successful offenses, are employing, are employing a fullback that's not Dan Kreider, but, you know, can catch the ball and do a lot of things. Well, the Browns traded for a fullback. The Ravens have a big 265-pound guy that they throw in there from time to time. You're going to see fullback-based offenses in the run game. Vince is the guy I want to take it on the fullback yeah. in the hole. You know, take, he takes on the, yeah. full, the fullback in the hole, and Bush comes in and makes the tackle. Right, and yeah. all of a sudden there's not a, an extra gap that these fullbacks create. You know, He plugs that up really well. I also, while you were talking there, I pulled up the Steelers' numbers last year. They were in base 29% of the time, yes. which is right in the middle of the league. That's 15. I could have told you these numbers if you'd asked. You know them off the top of your head? 29% in the base. That was 51% wow, in the. Wow, you're good. And I believe 19% or 18%. 18. Yeah, 18% yep. in the dime. You write this stuff enough times. You, you know, right. You, you, I, I knew about where they were, but I wanted to be I precise. have a pretty good memory with that stuff. If I write that's something impressive. once, I usually remember it. See, and, and where, that's well done. <laughs> UPJ, I didn't, didn't put, no dummies come out of there. Um, but what I liked about that as opposed to two years ago, if you remember two years ago, they were like second or third in dime, second and third in base, and therefore you're like last in nickel. Right. And it was It's a nickel league. It's a nickel it's a nickel league, right. I mean, 
they're in base, you're throwing. They're in dime, they're running. Like, it was right. way too much of a tell. We talk about tells on offense a lot. It goes back to that Chargers game two years ago. The Keenan Allen game. Yeah, yeah. the Keenan Allen game where any time the Steelers were in their dime, the Chargers ran the football. Mm-hmm. Anytime that they had their base on the field, the Chargers threw the football. Right. And people were going, well, Keith Butler's a moron. What's he doing? Why does he have a linebacker on the on the wide receiver? Because he doesn't have the right checker. They did, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, right. you're playing you're playing chess and the other team or the other team still has all of their back rogue pieces. And you've you got a, a bunch, bunch of pawns. Of pawns. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you better be real creative, and even creativity is not going to get it done. And that's why you trade up for Bush. Because even if he's not a huge success in year one, just the fact that you can be middle of the road in all three of those has a huge trickle-down effect as opposed to we know we can get these guys in their heavy and split out a tight end, and then we got them. And, oh, by the way, you've got a bu- you've got three or four queens on your defense that – Oh yeah, oh, can move way. in any right. direction. They keep you know, getting better too. Right? Yeah, they yeah, they, yeah. Get, they can do everything. You know, anything on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. you can use Minka. Again, if if they want this year, they can drop Minka Fitzpatrick down in the box. Yeah, right, right. Because they now have another free safety who can step in there. Absolutely. If they want to play Terrell Edmonds down in the box, they can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're um, they I got mean, Sutton's not a, a top notch guy, but he does a lot of things yeah. too. I mean, a lot of these guys do. It's a and then line. you add, you know, Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt to the equation. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, Devin Bush getting better, um, and I think his coverage skills are only I think uh, his man right. skills were, were pretty good last year. I think yeah. he'll he should take a jump in the zone play this year. You would right. you would expect that and, recognition stuff. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I think this defense is only going to get better. I agree. Uh, and even Cam and Tuit, you know, their style isn't a three technique. It isn't an edge guy. I mean, they could line up in just about any gap too and be yeah. as equally as posed. Or stand up and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, what's what's this guy doing here? Yeah, um, we've yeah, seen 100%. we've seen the Steelers do that as well. Move them around to different spots and even flip flop sides. Do all kinds of different stuff just to, yeah. to get the right matchups. And and I wrote that safety article. I ranked the top 25 safeties, and we talked about it yesterday. And it overwhelmed me when I start going through the league, how many of them, and many of them are really young. Just ha- they do so much, you know. And yeah. we saw that Seattle just well, and, and you, spend big money. You've seen the money. Steelers put an emphasis on that the last two years. I mm-hmm. mean, if you, I mean, you, you draft Terrell Edmonds, even Morgan in, Burnett in the first know, round right, in, right. in 2018, um, and you, you get from that same draft the next year, you trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. You've got two young athletic safeties right. who. Don't look like the safeties of old. No, no, they don't. I mean, these guys are are you know. If, if you see Terrell Edmonds walk into a room, you're like, wow, that's that's looks a, like a first round pick. Yeah, yeah right. that looks like a first round pick. I mean, I know he hasn't played quite to that level yet, but he, again, he's still going into year three. The traits are there. The traits are definitely there. Mm-hmm. I think if he can if he can turn that corner uh, and, and start making some plays on the football, I I, I I think he's a strong tackler. Yeah, I do too. Uh, he's got range. He, yeah, he, he can really run. He can run. Right. Um, you saw their tight end numbers get much right. better last yeah, year, and absolutely. he was a big part of that. Uh, and you know, if he can, if he can mesh with Minka a little bit more, I think they could really have something there in the back end. I think he'll get better as a blitzer as well. I don't know that deep coverage will ever be. His I don't know strength. if that's ever going to. Yeah, I don't right. know if that's ever going to work for him. But it'll probably get better. You know, I mean, if but anything. if you've got Minka, you don't need him to be the deep cover guy. No, exactly. And, like, when I was doing that article, there was three or four teams, you know, Minnesota and Buffalo really come to mind, that had really good pairings. And, yeah. and I wouldn't put the Steelers pairing on that level yet, although Minka was my number two guy. But a lot of them are interchangeable now, too. Right. You know, like, 
they, they can do so much. Like the, the bills are almost like two carbon copies of one another out there, and that, that really disguises coverage, and it's really hard on quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, our friend Cynthia Freeland put together a list of the top well, she ranked all 32 quarterback rooms Yeah, they're, they're, uh, for NFL.com. Uh, we're going to take a look at that when we come back. We'll do that right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network and NFL.com. She's their analytics person. Uh, I forget what her exact title is, but yeah. She deals with the analytics side of it. And, of course, friend of the show has joined us yeah, at, the, uh, at the NFL Scouting Combine. Work, yeah. Does good work for them. And she went through and ranked all 32 NFL teams, uh, their quarterback rooms. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say quarterback rooms, that is something that you have to look at and consider here. Yeah, it's funny. You're not just I, looking at the starting quarterback. I just scanned her list quickly, and I think she puts a fair amount of weight on the number two guy. Yes. Like, for example, Cleveland's higher than I'd have them. But I'm like, well, oh, but Case Keenum's but a Case really Keenum good gives backup. You, yeah, he you gives know, you a right? good backup, and um, that matters. And I don't think she took into account going forward. Right. You know, like it's Miami's this year, low, right now. Right, how good are you right this minute? Yeah. Which, uh, as long as you know the parameters, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I think that's how you have to look at mm-hmm. how good are you because it's a training camp look. It's how good are you in training camp sure. right now as we speak? Are you, how well are you prepared for the 2020 yeah. season is basically. And her number 32 team will go from top to, or bottom okay. to top. Her number 32 team is Jacksonville, and I can't disagree with that because while you have Gardner Minshew there mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of a – there's – he started, you know, what ten games or whatever it was last year. The it's backup not like he was first overall pick. The, know, yeah, right? he's not a first overall pick. The backup situation is not great. No, so the backup doesn't help at all yeah. compared to some of the other bottom. Pickers. And so Jacksonville, I think, is is a legit. If they aren't thirty two, they're they're definitely in that. They're certainly in, the in that tier yeah. for sure. Uh, and I can't argue too much with it. I thought Minshew played quite well, and frankly, had the best rookie season of anyone last year. But do I trust him? Eh, what about that? Yeah. Uh, at 31 is Denver. 
I might have in, them last year. They might have them last too. Yeah. They don't. I would have signed an Andy. They've Cole got no I, backup plan they, at all. Right, and they are in the deep end with Drew Locke, and he was fine. It really reminds me, but even a smaller sample size. Remember how Mayfield finished his rookie year? Yeah. And everyone thought he's Ooh, the next coming. It, yeah. And eight games against bad defenses when nobody in games with no pressure. Matter. Yeah. Right. And Locke kind of did the same thing. And again, he threw for like 204 yards a game. Like, okay, you know. Uh, I wouldn't have been on all in on him. I'm not saying he's a bust. Yeah, but uh, certainly needs to uh, prove himself. At 30 is Miami, and you would think that Miami would be a little bit higher than some of these teams just ahead of them based on they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not. He's coming off a very good year. Yeah, but I, he is he is still Ryan Fitzpatrick and can turn into a pumpkin at any time. <laughs> yes, and I, 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 his track record so strong of being less than what he was last year. Yeah. I tend to think that's what he'll do. And two, it could be great, but it's kind of like the Burrow situation. I mean, you're asking a lot out of a rookie this year. It also wouldn't surprise me if the first month of the season, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out against, again, they're going to be playing a bunch of base, they de- open against the Patriots too. base defenses yeah. that aren't going to be able to necessarily mm-hmm. scheme things up a whole lot. And he's a veteran guy. Well. Yeah. He's been around for a while, so he'll do well early mm-hmm. in the season, and then the wheels will come off. They'll be one and five, and yeah. they'll call for and they'll Tua. Go for and they'll yeah. be, right be the right move. Yeah. 29 is Chicago. They might be last for me. At least but they've the got two really they've, strong. They've got two there. guys, one way or the other, they've got a backup who started a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's the beauty of them. And their number 2s as good as anyone. Their ones about as bad as anyone. Yeah. Two. I mean, they've got two two they've got two number 2s essentially. Exactly. Two high-end 2s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get why you'd put them a little ahead of like Jackson. I would have them ahead of number 28 though, Washington. Washington might be last too. They're in that conversation. Yeah, I don't I mean, love that situation. No. I didn't love Haskins coming out. Um, I thought he you know. finished the year pretty well, but I'm a big believer that it takes a, a village to raise a quarterback, and that village they don't is have a village. on fire. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, though, does Alex Smith cross her mind in that equation? He's been cleared. He's been cleared medically. I can't imagine he comes back and plays. That's what I think, but it sounds like he's. I mean, I, you done. saw that they released a video of everything that, that like, what it looked like, and oh, oh it was just horrendous. gruesome. Right, gruesome. I mean, good for him. I'm glad. I'm yeah. rooting for him. He he should be happy. He's just up and walking around Part of these me days. Hopes he doesn't come back too. Yeah. <laughs> be smart, Alex. Yeah, twenty uh, seven is Carolina. I know everybody was high on Teddy Bridgewater in the offseason. They gave him a little bit of money, but. Mm-hmm. He's Teddy Bridgewater. He's a system guy. Yeah. I, I think he, he might be better for fantasy this year than the real world. I don't think he's the answer. Um, I mean, really, if you if you look at what he did when he was the quarterback in New Orleans last year, you talk about Drew Locke averaging 200 yards a game. Right. That was t- what Teddy Bridgewater did. Right, for four games or something. Yeah. So he becomes a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think he's better than Trubisky, Haskins, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's properly ranked. 26 is the Giants, who, of course, the Steelers open with. I'm not a Jones believer. I mean, I, I, he has done some good things. He's kind of a roller coaster right now. He had some He had some Blake Bortles to him last year. Yeah. Where like they're getting behind, about, and he's, right. just, he's just throwing, 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 and puts up good numbers. And, oh, Danny Dimes, right, Danny Dimes. Right. He stinks. Yeah, I'm not a fan. He I stinks. Mean, he puts the ball in harm's way a lot. Yeah. Not a real good pocket presence guy. Uh, 25 is the Bengals. I don't know where I'd put them, but I, I think guess. Th- I think they should be lower because they have no backup plan. I like True. Joe Burrow as a – Finley's as, horrible. Yeah, I like Joe Burrow as, as a prospect, sure. but he's never thrown an NFL pass. Mm-hmm. The passes that I've seen their backup throw weren't NFL passes. Weren't NFL passes. Um, I think they should be lower than 25. 
So you're saying like Carolina, you'd put ahead. Absolutely, of I think I think at Bridgewater's. Least you know yeah, has, at least right. you know what you got there. I think I'd put Carolina behind them. I would put Miami. I'd put them behind Miami. Even you gotta think that there'll be way more mental errors too in yeah. Cincinnati at the quarterback yeah. position. I mean, I, I get it. You're talking. We're talking about the last. We're talking about 25 years. So we're talking yeah, about the I last know. eight yeah, quarterback right. situations. But um, when you look at 24, the Rams are right ahead of them. She's rougher on the Rams than I would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean he's not my favorite quarterback, but there's some names we'll come to. Let's here put it this way: she's got at the Rams at 24. She's got the 49ers at 13, and I don't think there's a ton of difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Jerry Goff. I don't either. And we haven't talked about Indy, um, Chargers. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll take Goff over those guys. Even the next one coming up here in a minute, the Raiders, I'll take Goff over Carr. But they're on the same tier with yeah. Jimmy and Cousins yeah. and those guys. But um, I, I think you're being pretty rough on Jared Goff. 23 is the Patriots. I guess it's a little bit of an unknown, but I think Cam Newton's a good player. <laughs> well, we haven't seen him be a good player yeah. in, in about two years, and, and so there's some there's definitely some problems there. I might have them a little bit higher than 23, but not much higher. I don't I don't know about the backup situation in terms of Stidham's, Stidham's an, an unknown commodity. Um, They'd be a very hard team to rank, so yeah. I don't have a problem putting them there. Rankings are hard. 22 is the Raiders. That's like exactly where they should be. Yeah. And I guess Mariota carries a little weight too. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, not mean much weight Carr given how he's than, played the last couple of years. Right. That doesn't mean Carr plus Mariota is better than Goff. No, I don't think so either. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-one is the Jets. I'm still a Darnold believer. Yeah. I I heard something. Along but their the backup line. situation last it's year was junk. It's yeah, as bad as it gets. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know that he's played like that, but I think he will. Uh, Twenty is the Chargers. We kind of both seem like we're okay with Taylor. Cause yeah, I think Taylor's you know is fine, and mm-hmm. and I think that's Cut probably right around where they belong. Yeah, um, I mean Herbert's obviously enticing. Uh, he, I'm not the biggest fan. I wouldn't take him at six, but he was a six player pick in the draft. Yeah, I'd probably be lower on the Chargers, but okay. Nineteen is the Titans. I think Tannehill's real. Okay. Not as real as last year, though. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think he. I think he kind of. Caught everybody by surprise a little mm-hmm. bit. I think with an off season to kind of study him a little bit more, um, maybe they get in a little bit higher than that. But 19s, yeah, they uh, still want to run the football for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And we often talk about like Lamar's percentage of touchdown throws were unsustainable. But Tannehill's some of his numbers like that yeah. were, aren't going. He's to be not going to average 10 yards a pass attempt this year. No, no, <laughs> right, right. Uh, 18 is the Cardinals. Okay. I mean, Kyler did a lot of good things, but he's still learning. Yeah. He's very much still learning. Yeah. 17 is the Lions. I would have them way higher. I can't think of who the backup is, though. I Junk. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, I we, we, that we, yeah, that hurts you a little bit. Because I, I asked to do, I was asked to do quarterback ranks, and off the top of my head, I had Stafford as, like, my seventh best quarterback in the league. I think he's really good. Okay. 16 is the Eagles. I guess you add Jalen Hurd to the mix, but Wentz was like my sixth best player in the league, quarterback in the league. I would have them much higher. Fifteen is the Bills. I would have both of those teams ahead of the Bills. Bills would be like twenty-two to me. Yeah, I think they should be down lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fourteen is the Vikings. Okay, which is what Kirk Cousins is. He's a league average quarterback, and it's making funny, a the ton Niners of money. Are right next to them yeah. too. The Niners know? are the same thing. I think, right, I think, right, right. In fact, I would have the Vikings ahead of the Niners. I, I think, think Cousins, Cousins is a better. better I think Cousins is a better quarterback than Garoppolo. I do too, and they would both be right in the middle of the league, which I guess they basically are here. Yeah, twelve is the Browns. We talked about that. I mean, the backup situation is super strong. Is good. Yeah, 
I don't think Baker. I mean, Baker was like the 25th best quarterback in the league to me last year. Yeah. I think he's better than that. I, I don't think he's a flop. I'd take him over Allen. Yes. But I would, they would not be 12 for me. Uh, the Falcons at 11. I'm cool with that. You know, like I did a top 10 yeah, quarterback. Yeah, the backup situation. I mean, they still match Chavez's backup. It's the worst in the league. I mean, r- <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. And there were people There were people in Pittsburgh because Matt Schaub went out and had a 300-yard game last year in his one start in the last five years who said, well, the Steelers, they need a guy like Matt Schaub. No, oh, they no. don't. Matt. Right. I mean, Matt Schaub is trash. Yeah, they do have a guy like Matt Schaub. His name's Matt Canada. I mean, if Schaub's a quarterback coach. Is basically That's what, what he is, yeah. Right, now. right, making yeah. many million dollars to do it. Uh, then you have at ten the Steelers, which I'm, I would have them a little higher because I'm looking at the Colts next. Going Rivers versus Ben to me isn't close. Well, I think I think you have the the Colts at nine because of Brissett is the back. They do have some, and they drafted a kid, yeah. Easton too. I mean, I get that part. They have a nice depth chart at quarterback, right? I don't know that they have a better starter than most of these teams. Most of the, like yeah. you're not going to tell me that that at this point in his career, for example, uh, he's better than. I don't uh, even think he's better than Cousins. And he's Jimmy. not better than Matt Ryan. No, he's not better than as you mentioned Stafford, uh, Stafford, Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, those guys. No, no. I mean, again, even the but Brissett carries some weight there. I guess and Easton too. But a year from now, they may have none. Right. I mean, not that that's she's not equating that, but I'd rather the Steelers room. I mean, yeah. I'd rather Brissett than Mason Rudolph. But Rudolph at least has played. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the Steelers' depth chart, all of them have started games. Right, true. They're, t- they're four guys have all started games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not always been great, but you're not going to be in a situation this year like they were last year where you had two guys making their first career starts in the same Absolutely. That's, That's not going to happen this year. the backup room got a lot better than a year ago. Yeah. So, But she doesn't know where Ben is physically either. Right. I mean, Ben's yeah. She doesn't talk about the Steelers every day and watch them throw yesterday. Uh, at eight is the Texans. I'd be higher. I think he's a stud. I think he's a stud. I don't know that their backup situation is great. Whether well, they mm-hmm. got a uh, McCarron, I think. Yeah, but it's below average. Yeah, uh, sevens the Cowboys. Maybe Andy Dalton is their backup. I think I'd have that one higher. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, in fact, and, I would I mean, definitely have weighing... that higher than number six, the Packers. Oh yeah, I mean Dalton versus Love. Yeah, I think Dak's better than Rodgers. At this point, yeah, I, I hate think, to say that, but I, I think, think Rodgers is getting at the, the tip of the cap because he's still Aaron Rodgers. I guess but Brady is at five too. Brady at five too is because their backup situation is garbage. It's like the worst in the league. Yeah, they'd be like fifteenth. I think they should be at least ten. Yeah, they'd G- be given really the, low for me. Yeah, I, I I think that's way over ranking him. Mm-hmm. Four is the Seahawks. See, I think he's this tied for the best quarterback in the league. But the backup, they don't care about backups up there at all. No, he never You're misses right. a game. He, right. As remarkable as it is, he never misses any time, mm-hmm. given the way he runs around like a chicken with his head cut off. And then this next team's a total opposite. Like, no one's invested in backup quarterbacks like the Saints lately. Yeah. Not that, I guess Winston's not making huge money, but they gave Teddy big money. They keep Taysom Hill around, who they seem to, you know, they, they use. I mean, he, he plays. Yeah, three is the Saints. Um, but I, I'd trade the Seahawks room for, or the Saints room for the Seahawks room. Yes. <laughs> because one of them. I would trade the Saints room for the Cowboys. I would, too. I think the Cowboys have a better room. Yeah. I still hope for Winston, though. Uh, two is the Ravens. Yeah. I guess RG3 is a good enough backup. Yeah. I'm watching him play. He wasn't better in that game than Mason Rudolph last year. He didn't have to do much, either. He didn't have to do much. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, this, they ran the football. Um, if you looked at his numbers from that game, people say, well, they, the Steelers lost to RG3 last year. Threw for 100 yards in that game. <laughs> yeah. Come on. He, right, they, right. he didn't beat the Steelers last year. Doc Hodges beat the Steelers last yeah. year in that game. No, I hear you there. Yeah. 
I'm going to have a little qualms with number one. Like, everyone in the world would put the Chiefs number one. And right. I'm not saying I wouldn't. But what's the difference between them and Seattle? Neither one's a backup. And to me, those well, two the, Chief, the Chiefs won games with their backup, though, last year. I thought, correct me, maybe you know. Matt Moore was the, yeah. I, I thought he's unemployed. He may be. Because they've spent so much money elsewhere. Um, it doesn't matter. that yeah. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I'm picking nits here in that I think Wilson and Mahomes are equal players, and neither team has a strong backup. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that they have a super strong situation there. They did win they, they, they got Chad Henney, too. He's been around. Yeah, he's at least started some games in the league. And, yeah. You know, so I, I don't hate it. No. Um, Everyone in the world will put the Chiefs. And they've got – they've got the, – the great thing about them is, is it's almost like the Steelers in the, in the mid-2010s where you have great skill players. So even if the quarterback has to come in, Mike Vick can come in off the street right, right, and right. win a game for you because Tyreek gets behind somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've yeah. got Le'Veon Bell to carry the football. You sure. just throw the ball to Antonio Bryan, you're going to win. And, and I, I'm not at all cutting on Mahomes, and but if you close your eyes and say, let's pretend Russell Wilson was the chief the last two years. Oh, no I doubt, it would be pretty nice. No doubt, or throw even throw a Dak Prescott on the team. Absolutely. I mean, all these guys would get a bump. Yeah, in that situation. Yeah, which is exactly what that. With oh, by the way, do. Andy Reid calling the plays, and right. he's he's considered one of the great. You know. Oh yeah, scheme those guys up great, but I mean, you look at like the Raiders in Denver; they're trying to mimic that in that division yeah. now too. Let's go get Jerry Judy and you know all these guys that can really run. But the Steelers coming in tenth on this list is significant. I mean, if you if you look at that, if they get if the Steelers get the tenth best quarterback play in the league this year. We don't take that. Compared right? to having the 31st or 32nd Second, right. last, what they had last year. Um, light years difference. I mean, this is this could be a, <clears throat> a 12 or 13 team win team. Right. You're a Super Bowl contender with the 10th. Best no doubt about it. Yeah. Right. And there's not many teams that say that about. You know, like if the Bucks w- had the 10th best quarterback play, are they a contender? I mean, are they better than the Niners and the Chiefs and those type of teams? I don't know. You know, like, I don't think their defense is to that level, you know? So. Yeah. But if you look at these, uh, it's no, like, okay, Chiefs, Ravens, Saints, Seahawks, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Texans, Colts, Steelers. If you look at that top ten, you have to look at all those teams and say they're a contender to some level. Right. Because they're going to get like, that, they're going to get, I, I think they're going to get strong quarterback strong play. quarterback play. But let's say the Texans don't. Well, they're not. They a, they're not. The, yeah, they could pick right. in the draft. You yeah, I mean? because they don't have the defense to back that up. Right. It's all on, a lot is on Deshaun Watson this year. It's so much on him now. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some some teams like that that are too quarterback dependent too. Yeah. I mean, and I don't like if I were gonna if I were gonna throw two teams out of that group as Super Bowl contenders, it would be the Colts and the Texans. Yeah. And people are really excited about the Colts, and they play a very easy schedule. I I think Tennessee is the best team in that division. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah. I think they're a more physical team. I mm-hmm. think they'll. Yeah, I think their physicality will win out in that situation. But again, I, I, if you look at them, if they're if they get mid level quarterback play, they're a they can be good because they can... they've got it because they get the foundation yeah. in place. They're going to run the football and play defense like the Niners did last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm not breaking any news that if you know a big time quarterback gets hurt, the team's going to suffer dramatically. No doubt. Yeah. But there are some that are very quarterback centric. And, you know, Seattle and Houston really come to mind. Yep. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look around the league a little bit here, see what's happening. We'll catch you up on all that right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Outs. Uh, we're seeing guys yeah. talking about opting out, and man, I'll tell you, if you're if you're on the fence at this point, the deadline I believe is tomorrow I for, think guys, so, yeah. for guys to opt out. And uh, we get news from the Bills that Tre'Davious White is considering opting out of this season. That would be a huge blow, yeah. Huge blow. He's clearly their number one. They don't have a number two. It's, they're kind of searching with Josh Norman, giving him another chance. Um, I'd be shocked. I would be and, really you know surprised. I mean? Yeah. But, hey, if, if that's what people want to do, I get it. I mean, I would never – but, man, they got high hopes, and he's such a key player. I mean, that would be a tier below a quarterback opting out. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? like a key piece of your defense. Right. Um, we need you. Yeah. Irreplaceable. Um, Albert, Wilson, Albert Wilson opted out for the uh, – is it Albert Wilson? Yeah, the, the slot, yeah, the slot, slot receiver. Yeah. Uh, he opted out. That's two receivers for the for – the, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Um, that's. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Not for the them. end of the world for I, them, but he's a player I've liked, though. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I did think as he's well. a quality, all-around slot type of guy. Um, but it's not heartbreaking, you right? Know, not, I mean, that list is. Uh, we'll see what the final list looks like. Um, you know, tomorrow at some point we'll talk about that. Uh, but uh, Von Miller considered opting out. He considered actually it. had COVID nineteen in the offseason, was hospitalized for it. Huh. And so, uh, you know, I wonder you would think he since like, he's had it, he, you know, he'd be like, no, I'm good. My thoughts were he had it and didn't like it and doesn't want it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is no fun. But it does sound like most people t- tend to think that you are not immune, but unlikely to get it again, right? Yeah, it's not nearly, I don't think, is like, I think there have been some instances, uh, instances where people have gotten it because there are different strains of it. Mm-hmm. It's much like exactly. the flu where, you know, you can get one kind of they can or you can get the the flu shot but still get the flu because it's another strain because there's different adaptations of it yeah but hopefully none of them do um the buccaneers are planning a voluntary bubble during the regular season aren't all teams really doing that that? yeah i heard the saints are doing something like that too like they're getting a hotel just for them nobody else in it basically own the whole thing i mean that's asking a lot from your players not to go home to their families. That's the thing when when people talk about why don't why doesn't the NFL or Major League Baseball do the bubble? Mm-hmm. They're playing seasons, right? It's not a play. They're not playing. Answer, a, they're right. not. They, they're not playing a situation where they're just in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So you know, in the NHL, they, the they can do everything yeah. in two spot. You know, in two sites, and just you know, you can get it over with in in you know a month or two. They're playing seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, teams are going to have to travel. You're going to have to do things, and you're going to have to step outside that bubble at some point. Um, but the teams themselves, the NFL has put a plan in place that essentially has these guys in a bubble for the majority of the day. See, how about this thought, though? Let's say you're 10-2. and two. Let's bubble it up for the last month in the playoffs. 
you know, some kind of stretch run. If if nothing's changed in the medical world, well, you're still going to have to travel. I mean, you can't be in you can't be in a bubble, and and that include travel. True. You just can't do it because you can't. NBA's all in Orlando. Yeah, unless you hire your own bus drivers and take them on the road with you and include things like that in your bubble and and a hotel staff on the road. Mm Where right. only these five people were allowed to service the our rooms on and the we road, brought them with and us. we brought them with right. us. I mean, that's a that's, that's a bubble. A, that's a bubble, and there's still holes in that bubble, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just that's just the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to you have to ask the players to be adults about this. You have to ask them to be professionals about this. Don't do stupid things like the Marlins did and go out to clubs right, and those right. kind of things. Um, and the league is asking these guys to do that. And I think, you know, we've, we've talked to a number of the Steelers already, and they've said, look, we, we want to be professionals about this. And I think Mike Tomlin has hammered this home with them. You know, it's, it's you know. You're every, letting your buddy down. Yeah, you're, you're letting, you're not only right. letting yourself down, you're letting the entire team down mm-hmm. and putting them at risk if you go out and do this risky behavior. And guess what? Uh, if they, If you do it and they find out about it, even if you don't test positive, there could be repercussions. <laughs> that too. That yeah. too. Right. Um, if you're, you know, you're the 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 fourth, you're a fourth uh, safety or something like that. Don't do something stupid that you're, you're not going to be around very long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They'll find another fourth safety. Ben and Pouncey and Tua could get away with a little more than you know the, the last safety type of guy. But even at that, those guys aren't going to do it because people are going to, you know. They'll figure it out. If they you're go, right. if, if they go, if one of those guys goes to a club or a bar or even a, a crowded restaurant. People are going to recognize them, and of it's going to get out. Like, I got a picture with Ben, and he's sitting there yeah. at the bar sipping a beer or whatever. Like, yeah, obviously. I mean, they, they have point. to because they're making a lot of money, and, the, and there's there's more involved with this. They have to – first of all, they have to be leaders. They can't mm-hmm. be doing that right. stuff and then expect the other guys not to, uh, not to go out and do those things. And, and, they, and they, they have a responsibility to each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the coaching angle is yeah. – I even heard someone, and it might even was at the college level or whatever – that every day they would have a new member of the team stand up and say, "Hey, my grandma has these issues. If you break up, if you right. break this trust, this is what you're doing to me personally." You know, like it's kind of a good idea. You know, you bring it on home to everybody. Um, to my point about bubbling up, though, what if you were the what if the Chiefs are the number one seed? You're going to play at home. Those two weeks, I might quarantine my guy. You could. Yeah. yeah. You could a little bit more. Or before the Super Bowl, those two right. weeks. You know, something it, like that. Especially in those kind of situations. I mean, when you're talking about the Super Bowl, that's that's going to be weird this year. I'm going to be interested to see how that works this year mm-hmm. because they have media days. I can't, oh, ima- absolutely. I can't imagine they're going to do that. Not gonna get up, people aren't going to get up on a podium. You're not going to have a situation where, you know, again, I've been to a number of Super Bowls where every morning there are guys made available and they're sitting at tables and you can go sit and talk to them. Yeah, it's all random. It's not, yeah. How's that? That's not going to It's not going to happen this no. year. Um, covering a Super Bowl, I would think they're going to probably limit the number of media I would at those so. events. Right. Because what are, you, what are you actually covering? And if you're not there to cover – and talk to guys. Like I bet you're not there unless the Steelers aren't there. Probably not. You know I I, mean? I haven't really talked about it. I mm-hmm. we haven't uh, gotten that far down the road. We don't know what it looks like yet. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna. I mean, I'm the I'm the kind of the boss here, so I, can, you know, I guess you can kind of figure it out, right? <laughs> but I'll talk well, to you my. Might be there for Hall of Fame stuff or something along those potentially lines. or something yeah, like knows? that. But who knows? Right, I mean, even right. that stuff may not be the same this year. Maybe that'll be done virtually. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that two week period though will almost be a lot like. 
NBA Orlando, you know, just a total bobble. Could very well be. And, right. and you know, if you if you go, you're, you're not going to have any access to people. You're just going to mm-hmm. watch the game. You may not even get in the stadium. Yeah. I mean, who knows at that point if everyone's – We just don't know. And, and so even, like, for example, uh, teams take care of the media stuff for the, the wild card games and the divisional round games. The mm-hmm. conferences, the league comes in and takes over for the conference championships. Okay. And they do all the credentialing and all that stuff. Yeah, right. I, I wonder how that changes potentially this year as well. Quite a bit. You know, because you're, again, you're talking you're talking about that bubble. They're um, going to trim it by eighty percent, maybe. Yeah, and there yeah. are there are media availabilities. There are all kinds of things that you have to do, for, you know, for those games. And I just don't see them happening. No, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, you know what else is interesting too is we've just seen two of them so far. But these stud college prospects are starting to opt out. They are, crazy yeah. Too. There's a corner from VTech and the Bateman kid at Minnesota. The receiver, yeah. yeah. receiver that are both projected as first-round picks. You never know. But I think there's going to be a flood of those. That's going to be really interesting, too, as well for the combine. Oh, yeah, right. Is there going to be a scouting combine this year? What's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have any real access to the players at the scouting combine, but all 32 teams do. Sure. Sure. And they're bringing all those guys together in, in confined areas from all over the country. That's a long way away. Hopefully, technology and yeah. The I mean, they canceled all the, the on campus workouts this year. This year, right? Um, you can't go into next year the same way. Mm-hmm. You can't not have a, co- a scouting combine and then not have any on campus workouts. And especially for these right. guys who, who don't have any tape to work off of for I a know. year. I know. I mean, I, what are you doing with those guys? But what if you're a top guy like a Bateman or one of these dudes? I'd have a hard time playing this year. I would. If I like my tape that I've put out the last year or two. But you, here's the thing. You can like the tape and you can think, I put out some really good stuff this mm-hmm. year. That doesn't mean NFL teams agree with you. Right. I mean, you and, better trust your agent. Because guess what? You know, anybody, like any agent that you go to, oh, yeah, you're good. Yeah, oh, you're, you're the best. You're, right. you're fantastic. You're the best thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to tell you. It doesn't right. mean it's true. And they'll have friends in the league that will tell them things like, we think your guy's a, a first-rounder. Okay. But maybe you're the 25th pick, but you could have got up to be the 6th. Right. And then the other thing you don't know is, let's say you opt out and you're Bateman, and it, and it looks like it's a really good wide receiver class. Again, it does look like it's a really good receiver class. So the other, I mean, ten guys right now at wide receiver think they're first round picks, which means six will. Right. And you don't. What get if those other guys pass thought. you? Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you're letting them put good stuff out there, and when in doubt, you're going to lose the tie. Yes, because <laughs> you know you know have, I mean? they haven't seen you in a couple years. Right. I they mean, the guy that played football last year. Yeah. Right. That's tough. But I bet there's a lot more coming. Could be. And, and that's going to be interesting. And we've seen the, the Pac-12 uh, had a group of uh, athletes put out a thing with demands that, that they want this and that. Yeah. And, I um, quite understand all that. But, you know, I, I don't know how a – I mean, I think they had like 150 signatures or whatever mm-hmm. it is. That's still not – I mean, if you're talking about – 12 football programs, 150 signatures is less Nothing. than 10%. And I think what they were asking for is bazillions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it was very, very Good luck with that. And from what I understood with that, they really should even be petitioning the NCAA, not the conference. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not, not a conference decision. Yeah. Right, right. So, anyway, I, I think it's uh, interesting, uh, a lot all this stuff out. happening. Yeah, uh, one more thing. Uh, it looks like the uh, 49ers plan to sign Dion Jordan, former oh, first-round bat draft pick. Okay. Um, they were rumored to be interested in Zeke Ansah, too. Yeah. So I assume they won't now. Right. You would think they're going to get one or the other. So it mm-hmm. looks like Deion Jordan's that guy. He's got 
I mean, he, he's been okay. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. a draft bust who, like a Hayward Bay, you know, you know, reclaimed his career and made something out of yeah. whenever he was down and out. Um, a little I bit more there than like a Barkevius Mingo. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Uh, um, lastly, on that note, too, is some of these teams are gaining cap space with the yes. opt-outs. The Patriots have so, gotten a right, bunch. They may add some people. Yeah. But they need a bunch now. But they need a bunch. I mean, yeah. rather, and they're not going to find they're not going to find a starting right tackle on the free agent market right now. No, I wonder if they knew more about Cam, you could like give him a three year deal and make it real heavy this year. You know, things like that it would yeah. be smart. Well, they can also roll the the any cap money that they save over to next, next year, year because too. those guys now that uh, opted out, those contracts are going to toll. They, they carry over into next year, so maybe the contracts was a little different last year, this year, as right. opposed to next year. So, it's it's Messy, all interesting yeah. stuff, and I, I got to you know do some more research on all that to see where that goes. But because uh, this is all new, it we is. haven't it's we haven't new. dealt with this part of it either. But uh, certainly interesting as we uh, as we watch this stuff all unfold before us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for the fantasy football focus. We'll do that. we still got Bob Labriola coming up in the second hour as well from Steelers.com and Steelers Digest. Plenty more to come here on The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. It is fantasy football focus time. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, um, I was looking here on Roto World, and yeah. they have an, an article on garbage time heroes for 2020. It's an interesting conversation. It, it is an interesting conversation. And if you're a longtime listener to the show, and I actually referenced it earlier in the show, um, a few years ago, Blake Bortles was a garbage time hero. God. <laughs> yeah, right, I yeah. had him that year. I started him. I won my fantasy, my one fantasy league with with Blake Bortles as my quarterback, because he ended the season with like thirty two touchdown passes, and I would be willing to bet twenty of those came in the fourth quarter of games. Oh yeah. After they were down, every week I'd be sitting there, and I'm I'm in the press box. I I'll have the the Steelers. Stats up on one side mm-hmm. so I can watch what's going on. I'm watching the game, and then I'll have my fantasy stuff up beside that. To see where your points are. So of I course, can keep right, track yeah. of that stuff. And I'll be sitting there, and Blake Bortles would have, like, four points at halftime. <laughs> right. They'd be, and yeah, I'm like, oh, 56 yards here we go, yeah. Something, right. And he'd, he'd end up the game. He'd have 300 yards and two touchdown passes or three touchdown passes by the end of the game, and they'd lose, you know, 37-21. Instead of losing by 20, they lost by 10. Yeah. Or, you know, or worse. Right. Right. And he'd have, you know, he'd have 28 points. And I'm like, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> Prevent defenses galore, yeah. you know. I mean, from a quarterback perspective, I think you'd want bad defenses, you know, is a good – that team, like Houston comes to mind. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're going to allow a lot of points. Um, not much of a running game, obviously. And, frankly, just being on a bad team. And, yeah. And a guy like Bortles is perfect because just thinking about from, like, an NFL perspective – 
He's not great at reading coverages and complex things. You're gonna get very predictable. But yeah, in, in two minutes, yeah, in, two, in, in that fourth quarter right. when you're up three touchdowns, mm-hmm. you're just gonna be a lot of cover two, a lot of cover three. Right. Just make it simple. The deep ball. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of reading. A lot of pitch and catch. Allen Robinson was great that year. Yeah. Um, I wonder if some of the young guys. I don't. I haven't seen this list yet, but I wonder if some of the young quarterbacks like Tua and Burrow will do a lot better fourth quarter than they do the first three quarters. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. You see that a lot with guys. You know, the um, Bengals have good weapons. Yeah. You know. And so, uh, you know, Matt Ryan comes to mind this year as a guy yeah. that. For sure. Yeah. Um, trying to think of who else. I, I, Minshew would, would fall into that category. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how I feel about Teddy Bridgewater in that situation, but I feel like they're going to be behind a lot. Yeah. What about the Giants? I think he took advantage of that a lot last year. I we talked about that when we were talking. Kind of poster yeah. boy last year. Yeah, he right. was that guy last year, and I don't know that it's going to be any better this year. I don't think their defense is going to no. be better. And he has good, good weapons too. Yeah. You so, and, um, and, and, yeah, it's third and eight, and you scramble and pick up fifteen yards. Like, oh, there's a point. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're running. Everybody's <laughs> right. running deep down the field, and you just go get a, a first down mm-hmm. slide. Yeah. This article on Roto World deals with wide receivers. Okay. And he mentions three uh, wide receivers. Obviously, who, passing game is going to be the key. Here, yeah. You know. Um, you know, he says a plane load of uh, junk time targets did some good for Tyler Boyd last year. Yeah, obviously makes a lot of sense. Uh, DJ AJ Green not around. DJ Moore uh, is the guy that this year that yes. yeah could jump into that. Remember um, the game McCaffrey caught like 15 passes. Yeah. Oh, I had him. Yeah, <laughs> last year. And again, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there and he's got 15 points through That's through three they quarters. They They're getting killed. killed. Right. I'm thinking, oh, they may pull him. They may pull him out of this game. They probably should have. And right. they just kept throwing him, throwing the ball, and the next thing you know, he's got forty points. I'm like, huh. easy throws, <laughs> yeah. right? I wonder along the the Panther example, if a good quarterback goes down, you know, and you don't have a Steeler like defense, you have a Panther like defense. I might want the safest option in the passing game. Yeah. If that's their back, their tight end, their slot receiver, whoever that is, like Tyler Boyd last year. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. Another guy he mentioned uh, from last year, Sterling Shepard. Averaged the 25th most fantasy points per game among wideouts when games that he, he missed some time with injury. Yeah, but when he played because they were behind so much, he was 25th in points per game. That makes sense too. You know, I mean, he's a good player in the slot, easier throws, can beat single coverage. Yeah, you know, I mean, right? that's what you're looking for in these situations. And he brings up three examples of guys. Uh, the first one being DJ Chark. Um, yeah. His ADP right now is 20. He's the number one receiver on that Jaguars team. Mm-hmm. And he points out, and Jaguars wins last year, which there weren't many. Not many, but still. Uh, but Shark averaged 6.9 targets per game, uh, 4.2 receptions, 57 yards, and .4 touchdowns. Okay, that's not so great for a fantasy day. No. It's okay. You know, but, uh, yeah. In Jaguars' losses, 8.3 targets, wow. so almost a, a, an extra target and a half per game. 5.2 receptions per game, so that's an extra reception, extra catch, yeah. 72 yards, wow. an extra 15 yards per game, and .6 touchdowns. Wow, that's a noticeable difference. Yeah, and if, if you're getting that every week from DJ Chark, you're getting five catches for 72 yards and a touchdown every other week. Yeah. And, that's and, solid wide receiver two stuff. And they're 2-14, two and 14, and 14 you don't of care. them, or you get that. Yeah. You know, right, that's what you want. Yeah. I think there's a misconception with him because he's fast and long that he's like a – Ted Ginn, he's much more. He's more like an AJ Green. He yeah. think he's a complete guy, because some of those pure deep threats, the Deshaun Jackson, Ted Ginns, I don't think they would be good garbage time guys. No, because that's they're exactly ho- what yeah. they're taking away. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're taking away from you for sure. 
Uh, Terry McLaurin's another guy that he looks at here. Uh, I bet his ADP is wide receiver yeah. 24. He's the clear number one guy on a on a bad Washington team that's going to be behind. Those two are going to end up on my team a lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. I like them a lot. You're looking for a solid number, low-level number two, high-level mm-hmm. le- high you know, three. That's what you're looking for. Guys, He's not a flash in the pan either. Yeah, He's guys really off of bad football teams. I'll take yep. those guys. The number one receiver off of a bad team, even if even if it's a bad quarterback, mm-hmm. I'll take that over the number two or number three guy. Uh, for example, uh, uh, these guys in some cases might be drafted after, you know, two of the three cowboy receivers are gone. Yeah, right, right, right. Or in that neighborhood. Yeah, somewhere. Right. Yeah, I would rather have the number one guy. <clears throat> yes. As opposed to a strong two, unless it's Calvin Ridley or someone like that, or yeah, you know, I mean a, a real st- Godwin or, or yeah, those type of dudes. But, but otherwise, I want I want the number one guy off of what I think is going to be a bad team. And if I'm the head coach of those teams, I mean, especially like Washington, and you saw this from Arizona a lot last year. Let's get our young quarterback some completions. You yeah, know? I mean, let's just make it easy on them. We're not going to win this thing, but let's build something to build off of. That's McLaurin. Yeah. By the same token, Devontae Parker. Yeah. ADP is wide receiver 29. Um, they also have uh, Preston Williams there. and he, Williams, he, he can get cheap. Yeah. Um, he had an ACL injury in November last year. That so, Parker. Yeah. Um, Preston Williams. Oh, when Williams got Preston hurt. Williams, sorry, right. yeah. So prior to Preston Williams going out, uh, Devontae Parker was averaging six and a half targets per game, three and a half catches, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. After Williams went out, different. nine and a half targets per game, wow. which is wide receiver one type stuff, five and a half catches, 100, 100.3 yards, and .62 touchdowns. Wow. That's that wide receiver, receiver one. Yeah. Stuff, right. So, which, okay, his ADP right now is 29, mm-hmm. which means. He's a lot of good receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Which means he's essentially a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Um, I'm I'm buying on Devontae Parker. Oh, I like him. I don't know what what you're going to get out of Preston Williams early in the season. Williams is going to return at some point, and they yeah. like him a lot. And they're they've had styles. they've had two receivers opt out already. That's true. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. Parker's a go up and get it yes. type guy, jump ball receiver, physical, and I think you want Fitzpatrick to be your starter if you have Parker. Yes, because he'll chuck it up. He'll just do. He'll yeah. just throw him the football. Uh, they'll be losing a lot. Especially early in the season before they go to Tua at some point. I want Devontae Parker on my team, and he's mm-hmm. going to be he, – you're going to draft – you're going to get him – if you get him at wide receiver 29, he's going to outplay that position. Oh, I think so. Yeah, if he's if he's playing like wide receiver 12 early in the season, then I'm flipping him. Then you flip him, yeah. Yeah. Take, take a profit. And Williams, I think they like him a lot, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you can get him in the same conversation as wide receiver 50 – I'm in with that, too. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to – again, you're not going to get to see him in the preseason, which would be nice. That's bad, right. Um, coming back off of an ACL injury, I don't know you what you're going to get there. Trust reporters and stuff. That, that stinks for fantasy this year, too. Yeah, that's, that's going to be tough, and we talked about that last week. Um, some uh, quick news and notes from around the fantasy football world. Uh, okay. Bruce Arians says that Ronald Jones is the main guy in the Bucks' backfield, although he said things like that last year, too, and then would yeah. bench him in the first quarter. You've been around Bruce, though. I mean, he seems like he doesn't lie much. I think he says what he thinks at the time. Okay. <laughs> right. I don't know right. that he's going to necessarily yeah, yeah. think that, you know, September 14th or, right. you yeah. know, whatever it may be. Um, they signed McCoy. I mean, they did sign Shady McCoy. That doesn't – It didn't move the needle for yeah. me at all, except for it didn't exactly give a ring endorsement to Jones as the number one. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kenny Galladay was acted, activated off the uh, reserve COVID-19 okay. list, so that's good news for him. I think Stafford and Minshew were, too. Yeah. I, I've heard a couple of these guys were false tests, first false positives. Well, what no happens symptoms. with that, um, you take three tests. Mm-hmm. So let's say you take the first test and it's negative. Okay. Take the second test, it's negative. Well, then the third one comes back positive for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, now you're on the COVID-19 list until you, you gotta, they got to keep testing it. Yeah. Okay. They all, all three tests have to come back negative before. That's why they do three tests. I get you. I mean, I know these tests are brand new, obviously, but that scares me for the regular season. Yeah. I mean, if these tests aren't 100% positive, you know, foolproof. Well, again, as well, my wife's in the medical field, um, and, and, you know, they, 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 these tests that they have, if you because it's just testing for COVID virus. Mm-hmm. Well, COVID virus causes the common cold, too, I think, like 40% of the time. Oh, people have had COVID for years, right? Yeah. yeah this yeah. is nothing new. It's just a different strain of it um, that, yeah, you can test it positive. It still pop up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marquise Brown says he has gained 23 pounds this offseason and is up wow. to 180 pounds after playing at 157 pounds as a rookie. That's a little alarming. I was going to say, I, I can't believe he was 157. He said he, he, he played – or he was at uh, 166 pounds in the pre-draft process and reported at 144 pounds as a freshman at Oklahoma. I know he's little and skinny, but that's tiny. I don't know that I want him at – I mean, I guess, yes, physically, you want him at 180 pounds to put up with the, the pounding that he's going to take. But you put on 23 pounds, you're not going to be as fast. I'm sorry. No way. I mean, when you originally said that, I'm like, oh, that's bad. You know, when 23 pounds, I'm like, what's he going to be now? Like 200? Is he going to be like 190? So I was startled that he added so much, especially a speed player that's had immense success at his usual size at the college level. I could see bulking up, and his injuries have hurt him. Um, but that's dramatic. And the fact that he played at 157? That would be – imagine imagine a 180-pound receiver coming in. And say, yeah, I gained uh, 23 pounds in the offseason. Now you're 205-pound receiver. Right, right, right. That's a big difference. Right. And I don't think he's sitting around eating cheeseburgers, getting fat, but I mean, right. he's adding muscle to him. But uh, he's got to be slower. I would think so, yeah. Right. And I, I don't I, love hearing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not – I also the, don't love hearing that he was 157. Yeah. I would have guessed he was 175. <laughs> you know? um, Travis Benjamin has opted out for the 49ers. Oh, did he? And while you would say, okay, that's just Travis Benjamin – Okay, Debo Samuel. We don't know what's going on with him. Well, he's hurt. I mean, he's he's gonna. We don't know. We we don't know when he's gonna be back. That was what I meant by that. Right. Uh, Richie James is dealing with a wrist injury as well for them. Um, We we talked about Brandon Ayuk yesterday about how it looks like he's going to be a starter. I think he's a starter now. Well, Travis Benjamin's out. Yeah, he is going to be a starter somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Is that better for Kittle or worse? Maybe better. I I I don't know because I think you can. Kind of more blank. You could. Are you? He's get more coverage. Are you? Yeah. Are you yeah. scared of it until those other guys prove that they can beat you? Mm-hmm. I'm putting two guys on on Kittle. And For sure. Yeah. I'm just saying you're not gonna you're not gonna beat us with this guy. Keep an eye on Jalen Hurd. Uh, yeah. He's a guy to watch. I hope they don't bring Debo Samuel back too early too, and then he's hobbling around all year and shouldn't have been out there. This is an interesting one. Raiders offensive coordinator Greg Olson said the team is planning for third round pick. Lynn Bowden to take snaps at quarterback. Yeah. It, think Taysom Hill. Like, yeah. he may throw two balls all year or five balls all year. But that didn't come as a surprise to me because he is an athlete that Kentucky asked to play quarterback because their quarterback situation was so bad. He He's a runner. I, I mean, he's he would tell you he's not a, an athletic quarterback. He was 
a running back slash receiver playing quarterback at the college level. Um, his drafting worried me a little, thinking he might be the third down back instead of Jacobs because they lost DeAndre Washington. Rashard's still there too. But I kind of hope he's just Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill hurts Kamara a little, but not that bad. Hurts Breeze as much it as hurts anything. Breeze, right. You know, they, put, they get the, Breeze takes him all the way down the field and they get inside the 10 there, and all yeah. of a sudden they trot out. Like, what are you he doing? He does score some touchdowns every year. He, yeah, yeah, he, he kind of comes in and siphons off some touchdowns from somebody, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be a quarterback, whether that be a receiver, or if they just have him run the football. Right. Um, yeah, those, those are the ones you hate. It is annoying. You're right. Is, uh, is, he, is Taysom Hill somebody that should be on a fantasy roster? We've never talked no. about that. I just don't think he plays enough snaps. I mean, and he, he doesn't score that many fantasy points. He doesn't. Um, but let's say you're you're in a situation you get bye weeks that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you can slide him. Uh, the other thing is is where's he, he out there a lot? Yeah, I mean he's getting if he's getting twenty five to thirty snaps a game, um, in some games. Uh, you what know. if Jameis Winston didn't exist? Like imagine if Breeze got hurt and he was the man, he'd be a top five quarterback. Even if Jameis Winston was playing, they would probably and still boost him up again. Yeah, they would probably mm-hmm. they would probably give him. Increased snaps at quarterback. I would think they would, would probably be still play him at wide receiver. Still let him run the ball some. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's there's been he, rumors that they think he can be the successor. Yeah, and if Breeze retires and Winston wants big money next year, and they hand him the reins, I'm drafting him high. Yeah, because I mean, you're, you're <laughs> he's gonna run a ton. Yeah, he's gonna run. Yeah, um, I I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting thing. You know, we'll see what happens if if you know if if the Raiders happen to do that as well. Um, these super flex leagues I'm in that are deeper rosters, dynasties, he's in all of them. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it's he's in the league. It just depends on what he counts as in your rules. That's the I thing. Think he's mostly listed as a quarterback. In which case, he's not going to be as valuable as other quarterbacks. But if he's listed as a wide receiver and he also does some quarterback stuff, or he does some, you know, whatever. Well, that's the beauty of him. Some yeah. of those guys, like I can, I can use him as a tight end. Yeah, and they right. Handled the ball ten times a game. That was like, the right. like Jalen Samuels right. a couple of, his rookie year got listed on some fantasy sites as a tight end because he ran a couple of snaps at, at tight end at the, at the combine. The combine. Never played right. tight end at all in college. People still ask me that, by the way. I know that makes me insane. He's he was never sense. been a tight end in his entire career. <laughs> right, Blocking right, right. is not what he does. No, he catches the football. Yes, um, and you could play him as a tight end when you know. So if you had him at tight end, the game that he had against the Patriots. He had a monster game. <laughs> right. As tight ends go, right. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge advantage. Or any player that might take a snap or two a quarterback is a huge boost. Right. You know, one some receiver that's going to trot back there and wild. For example, and the game that the or, game, yeah, the game that, that, that Sam, Samuels had last year where he, they played wild, yeah, against right. the Bengals where he's playing Wildcat and he ends up with, you know, sixty yards passing because he's flipping the ball forward, <laughs> you know, eight exactly, times. Exactly, exactly. It's a little bit of a cheat code. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, look for those kind of guys. They're always good to stash on your roster, especially yeah, right. especially if you're and, yeah. And COVID if you're playing best ball too, too right. that's that, that's those are guys to get. Anyways, that's going to do it for the fantasy football focus. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We'll be back right after this with Bob Labriola here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to the Drive on your 24/7 home of the Black and Gold Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, of course, uh, 
As we are every Wednesday, uh, we are joined now by our good friend Bob Labriola of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. And Bob, uh, we should be having conversations right now on a nightly basis at Sharkies. Uh, I'm, or the pier. Or the pier. Okay actually, me too. actually, today we would be uh, getting ready for traveling. the first. We'd be getting ready for the first Steelers preseason game. Had nothing happened uh, because we'd be heading to. Uh, to Canton, Canton to, to watch the uh, Hall of Fame game Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, and then uh, then the inductions would be what Saturday. Sa- Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So this would have been a big weekend for the Steelers, and of course, as it is uh, the big news for the Steelers this week, it's still big news is that uh, Ben Roethlisberger got back on the football field. Um, we talked with Mike Pursuta a lot about this, and he said I haven't seen any of the videos of of Ben actually completing any of these passes. Uh, you see him throw them, and then you see him. You see a guy at the other end. They they uh, you know do a, <laughs> two different footage. Yeah, two yeah. two different camera angles. Well, if you watch the video that the Steelers put out yesterday, they actually showed some of those completions. They showed him throwing the football to to actual guys. Uh, and uh, what are you hearing about him, Bob? What are you seeing uh, in regards to to Ben? Um, it, it looks good from my end. Yeah, I mean, and you know, really. I not that I'm a um, you know a throwing guru or anything, but you know certainly you watch him, you know his motion, his delivery, um, and because he doesn't have a helmet on or anything, you can you can kind of see his face too, and in all of those um, throws, he doesn't seem to be any under any duress, not duress, but in any pain. Um, he seems to be smooth. It's fluid. I mean, Dale, you do a lot of baseball coaching, so you're probably better uh, to speak on that than I am. But certainly his motion uh, looks normal. Um, He doesn't, you know, he's not grimacing or anything. And the the one thing he did say on that Zoom call, uh, what was it, yesterday, was that he did a lot of throwing on Monday and then woke up Tuesday and it didn't hurt. Hmm. So to me that was the biggest news uh, in terms of, you know, something to get excited about since, you know, really what they're doing at Heinz Field is still kind of phase one of a typical off-season program. So, you know, it's not like there's anything really significant happening in terms of, you know, real football. But in terms of Ben Roethlisberger and his progress, uh, I think that, you know, that's pretty significant because you know, right after the surgery, before really anybody knew too much about any of it, uh, the hope was he would be ready for OTAs. And certainly, you know, where we are now, I think he would have made that. And certainly where he is, you know, today in terms of how his arm feels and how it's actually operating, you know, I, I think, all you know, as Mike Tomlin would say, the air is pointing up and everything seems to be on schedule, which, you know, is nothing short of critical for this team. Yeah, the the one thing that I noticed on the video today, or that was put out yesterday of Roethlisberger, and Deontay Johnson said today that that Roethlisberger was letting the ball rip a little bit and and throwing hard. But the one thing I did notice, and this was something Matt and I talked about, is the Steelers were having guys kind of pretend to rush at him, and so he was kind of having to move around and maybe throw off his you know tiptoes or throw off of bad angles and stuff like that. And again, there was none of that grimacing or anything like that they were kind of simulating some game type circumstances for him and he was finding the windows and making the throws as well without any it it didn't appear to be any issues right and you know the 
you know, move, not scrambling, but moving around in the pocket um, is important, certainly, to Roethlisberger's game. Maybe even more important now is, you know, he reaches the ripe old age of 38 uh, because I don't think you're going to see him doing a lot of running around. No, but, no. But he was um, making arm throws. He was. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like he was just he standing back at, there right. setting up, okay, I got my base under me and I'm going to throw the football. He was throwing stuff off the back foot, doing things like that, and, again, not a, not an issue for him. Right, as you said, arm throws. And then, again, I'm going to keep going back to this because I really cannot underestimate the significance of this. You know, Monday was his big throwing day uh, yesterday. I was supposed to be, you know, like half, and then today might have been virtually, you know, a day off, so to speak. Right. But, you know, after the first heavy day of throwing, because veterans couldn't report really till Monday, after the first heavy day of throwing, he wakes up the next morning with no pain. And so um, those are the kinds of things you're looking for, because if you don't have that, uh, I think you're risking a setback. And to me, from what the way it has been described to me, not this, just with this injury, but with any injury, uh, you know, being a little bit behind the prognosis is not as bad as having a setback. So no setback, um, and as I said, to me that's the best news. The other thing that stood out to me that, that wasn't as talked about after he ta- he spoke was I'm really worried about conditioning across the league. No preseason. And he basically said, I'm leaner than I've ever been. I'm in the best shape I've been in a long time. I thought that was great news. I mean, I think everybody's going to struggle those first couple weeks with conditioning. Yeah, I mean, and again, uh, I think that there's a little – I'm not saying that that's not good news. Um, But, uh, you know, I think that his, you know, particular position, what he is going to be asked to do, um, you know, I don't don't know that you want Ben Roethlisberger to be in many situations where he's pulling a hamstring. (laughs) <laughs> Meaning, you know, really running twenty game. yards down the field—that's not. Yeah, a, yeah, I'm not interested in that. You know, <laughs> throw it out of bounds. You know, give yourself up, whatever, uh, and let's go back to the next play because there is there. It's just not that important. Whatever, whatever is going on that might make him think I got to run fifteen yards and get to the sideline. No, you don't. <laughs> Punt, <laughs> <No>. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah. know, I don't care. So. um yeah, uh, to me, it's it's with him. It's all about his arm. Certainly, the fact that um, you know he looks trim uh, is good news. And him saying that you know he's at his lightest weight in 13 years, I think he said something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fine. Um, but when when I think about injuries that could be a problem for the Steelers and for other NFL teams, you know, I'm thinking about hamstrings, groins. Um, you know, pulled muscles, uh, those kind of things. And, you know, if it's not his arm, um, really, there's nothing. I'm talking about Ben. If it's not his arm, um, you know, there should be no reason for him to be doing anything that would risk some of those other things I just mentioned. No, I, I agree completely. And, and you know, I, I think, uh, you know, when you look at Ben Roethlisberger coming back to the Steelers, Matt and I talked about Cynthia Freeland put out, an article uh, on NFL.com uh, earlier today ranking the quarterback rooms around the league as we head into training camp. And she has the Steelers 10th. And I know a lot of people would look at that and go, well, okay, Ben Roethlisberger carries a lot of weight there. But it's also about those backup guys. And 
the Steelers have three backups on the in the on the roster right now, who all have starting experience in the NFL. And I don't know. We Matt Canada was asked about that the other day and referenced it. You know, that's that's a great thing. They're not going to be in a situation even if Roethlisberger doesn't play and you, you knock on wood with that. But even if he doesn't play a game, let's say he misses a game this year, it's not going to be like last year where they're trotting a guy out there who has never started an NFL game in his life. Right, and you know the other thing is, um, and this is the this is my opinion, uh, the way I would kind of configure the depth chart there. Uh, I think you also want a situation where you're not asking the rest of your offense to. Uh, undergo any drastic changes of style or anything. In other words, you don't want to go from, you know, Ben to RG3. Joshua Dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> RG3, again, you know, that kind of thing, where all of the things you've been practicing and using, say, in the first six games, um, now none of that is really the strength of the guy you're putting onto the field for the seventh game, and so you've got to do a lot of reconfiguring, reteaching, maybe uh, you know putting some plays in the in the game plan that maybe you haven't run all to that point, and so you know that creates uh, a stress on just the whole group, and you know I think that that was one of the things that kind of. Uh, bothered the Steelers last year and the reason was is you know you open the season thinking you know your starting quarterback's going to play I mean it wasn't anything like um, you had a training camp or a couple of preseason games or any of that stuff to you know figure out who you were going to play to what extent and what you could do with that guy uh, you know before you, you were in re- regular season mode uh, you didn't you know in regular season practice is not like training camp practice or, you know, any of those kind of things. I mean, you're actually trying to work on, you know, specific plan for the specific opponent. Right. That's what people don't understand, that you got three practices before you play your next game. If it's a regular Sunday to Sunday Sunday schedule, if it's a Sunday to Thursday schedule, you got even less than that. And, And again, I mean, you're not just, it's not just working with the quarterback. I mean, you know, the offensive line isn't wor- worrying about necessarily, you know, what the quarterback can or can't do. They're worrying about who they're going to block. You know, what what the opponent's defensive front is going to pose to them as both as individuals and as a unit so that, you know, they can get their job done and help the offense move. So, you know, the kinds of practices what are what is done in, in those kind of practices versus preseason practices or camp practices, it's totally different. I mean, you're not doing a whole lot of working on fundamentals or technique and stuff because, you know, that was all honed, in, you know, in the past. And so, yeah, so hopefully, you know, as, as the Steelers are going through all of this, they're, I'm not saying they're necessarily preparing for bend and miss games, but I think that now that you have a better idea of what you have, you know, down the depth chart there, um, you know, you can kind of be better prepared for, you know, the eventuality or, you know, whatever, if, if, if he's got to miss a game. I mean, I think it's pretty clear, you hope, you know, the backup situation is better than it was a year ago just because they do have that experience. But I think it's pretty true across the, the roster, too. I mean, Unlike most teams, I can't think of many rookies on this squad that they're counting on for snaps or that they need snaps from, I mean, in any way. 
No, right. I mean, and certainly um, there are guys that they need snaps from. But, again, as you mentioned, none of them are rookies, and none of them are in a position where they haven't done it before. You know, they need snaps from Devin Bush. They need snaps from Terrell Edmonds. They need snaps from James Conner and Juju. But it's not like those guys haven't been in that situation previously, both in the NFL and with the Steelers. And so that's a a better situation than, say, um, the Ravens, you know, and I'm speculating here, Mm. with Patrick Queen, their linebacker. Absolutely. That they drafted in the first round, hoping that he can be a – you know, something akin to a Devin Bush kind of player, a three-down, you know, inside linebacker for them to help make up for the – because they, I thought the Ravens suffered last year not having C.J. Mosley, uh, who left as a free agent to the Jets. So, um, yeah, you're, you're not in that kind of situation. I don't think anywhere, really. And that, that's a good start, certainly. Yeah, it is. And, and Bob, I, I think that uh... – you know, when you when you look at what the Steelers bring back, what they have here, um, they may be in a better situation because of things like that than a lot of other teams with because everybody's working under that those same rules that you got fourteen padded practices to get this thing ready to go. Right, and um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to me. Um, two things. First of all, you know, now we're we're also hearing. Some other teams talking about because there's no preseason games, they're going to introduce tackling uh, to, pre, uh, to training camp. Uh, Mike Tomlin introduced tackling to Steelers training camp some some summers ago, three, four. Now I can't even. It might be remember. might be five or six actually. <laughs> okay, uh, but so you know, it's going to be interesting to me um, to see if. Well, I, I certainly believe he's going to continue having some tackling in training camp, but does he expand it? With no preseason games, um, is it more of a you know young guy emphasis uh, with you know live tackling? How, how does he work that in? And then I really don't know the answer to this. I mean, you can talk to you know guys like Tunch and Wolf, and they will say that there's going to be more injuries this year season than previous seasons because the players' bodies haven't been conditioned to you know real football blocking tackling those kind of things. You know, it's a country club at training camp and all that. We've heard those guys whine and complain about that for <laughs> years now. Um, but, you know, I don't know if, if, if that's true or, you know, are guys actually fresher, you know, going into the season and and you, m- you might see fewer uh, injuries of, of a certain kind. I, I really don't know what to expect. And, and the other thing is, and this kind of makes fans crazy, I think a lot of it's luck. Sure. Uh, there's, yeah. there's really not a whole lot that you can really hardcore prepare for to prevent separated shoulders and sprained knees and guys falling on your ankle, that sure. kind of stuff. Right. And yeah. Some are more or, prone than others. You know? Right. Or you know, you have a you know a guy dive on your uh, on your, you're a center and your right guard you know dives on your uh, right leg and on the eighth play of the you know, whatever, and you're out for the year, those kind of things. So, um, to me, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to watch. And <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, I'll, I'll, every lucky charm I, I own, and I'll try and find a couple more, you know, I'll have them all lined up either around my TV if, I'm, if we have to watch from home or 
around my seat in the press box if we actually get to go to these games, you know, or whatever. And you, all you can do is hope for the best. Yeah, one thing uh, just to finish up with you, with uh, you, Bob, and our guest is Bob Labriola of Steelers Digest and Steelers dot com. One of the things we, we've talked a lot and we've heard a lot of talk about, well, the offenses are going to be sloppy. There's going to be some sloppy play there. Matt and I are of the belief that where you're really going to see the most sloppiness in these early season games is on special teams oh, yeah. because there are going to be so many young guys out there uh, running down the field for the first time. Maybe some of these guys have never even done it before, uh, let alone doing it at the NFL level, that there could be some real sloppiness there on special teams. Uh, that that very well could be the the case. Certainly, a lot of blocks in the back, you know, those kind of things. Guys what getting I'm, out of their um, lanes. I mean, it's just right. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, and you know, what I'm what, what I'm kind of uh, on guard for, you know, are just blown assignments on defense. You know, turning a guy loose, a uh, half the secondary playing one coverage, the other half playing another coverage. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, offensive line uh, not knowing how to handle a twist. You know, are we zoning it or manning it or, you know, those kind of things. Just the, the, the kinds of mental errors that result in turning guys loose. You know, either their defense at, at your quarterback uh, or your defense on their receivers. You know, those kind of things that lead to either disastrous big losses for your offense or maybe even easy touchdowns for your defense. And those are the same kind of things I think you might see on special teams because, as you mentioned, if guys don't stay in their lanes, if they don't pursue properly, um, you know, as uh, Bear Bryant always said, you know, the next thing you know, uh, you're hearing the fight song. <laughs> so, um, you know, you don't want any of that. And in those situations, you know, maybe the block in the back is, is not as bad, you know, as some of those other things. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that sloppiness uh, is going to be an issue early. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's really any way you can eliminate it. And we, I mean, you, you want to try and minimize it, you know, and keep it from being the disastrous kind of sloppiness as opposed to, false start, you know, or, as I said, blocking in the back, um, those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. Our guest has been Bob Labriola of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. We appreciate Bob stopping by as he does every Wednesday. At some point, we're actually going to get to see Bob live and in person. I'm I'm, I'm beginning to believe he's just a voice. You're like the, the <laughs> incoming message from the big giant head here, Bob. That's what we got. <laughs> Either that or... The man behind the curtain. Yeah, one of of those things. (laughs) But we appreciate your time, Bob. We're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to Drive. We'll be back to finish up the show right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We want to thank uh, Bob Labriola for stopping by as he does every Wednesday. Always always good to hear from Labs. Hope he is doing well. Sounds like he is, and we always appreciate him uh, dropping in on us here. I, I put the uh, question out on Twitter earlier, see if anybody had anything they wanted us to answer here yeah, on okay. the air. And we did get a question from uh, Alan Wedsworth at, uh, at, at A. Wedsworth. Uh, Alan asks, uh, how do you see Cam Sutton and Justin Lane being utilized this year? 
Hmm. And that's an interesting question in that they're kind of both Sutton more in more than, than Lane. Lane's strictly an outside guy. Right. They're both a little buried though. Yeah, they're You're both right. a little buried behind the starters right now. Sutton, of course, plays a lot in the dime. Um he, he sees some time there. Lane, could he push for time in that dime defense? I don't know. I mean, I mean he's kind of long and lean. Right. I mean, I think he's an outside corner. And unless an injury to the top two corners happens, I don't know that you'll see him unless he just blows their doors off. And right, like yeah. He's too good to not get on the field. Because, therefore, Hayden or Nelson would have to probably do something Bump inside. different. Right. And Nelson has done that before in the past. Yeah. Could you see some situations where they did that and used Nelson kind of inside in the dime uh-huh. and put Lane on the field? I mean, I think, and I'd have to see more of it, but I think Nelson's better on the outside than I think, and he, I think he prefers to play out there as sure. well. Yeah, and he just excelled doing it last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, you want what you what you don't want to do is start moving guys around because you've got you, you know what Nelson is on the outside. So exactly. the question then that you have to ask yourself: Are you better with Sutton inside and Nelson outside, or Lane outside and Nelson inside? Are you weakening, you know, two things to to get better? I I don't know. Injuries aside, I think to see Lane steady snaps would have to be, he's so good, we're going to compromise Nelson a little bit, and Hilton goes to the bench and nickel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's asking a lot. Again, that. It, you fear you could get worse in two spots, it's, or Nelson would be the lesser player than when he's outside. Yeah, but it is interesting that we're talking about depth at cornerback. Right, right. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure. And and Hayden's not going to play forever. And, he, you know, he's right. not, And but th- those guys are both under contract for next year right, as well. Right, right, right. Um, but you've got Cam Sutton there. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end mm-hmm. of the year. You got Justin Lane, who you drafted in the third round last year. They still have very high hopes for him. Actually, both of these guys, third round draft picks. Right, they're substantial. You know, yeah, day two picks. Sutton's gotten playing time. Sutton has gotten. I, th- I thought he played well last year. I don't think they're um, down on him at all. No, not at like all. That. Right. People look at that and say, "Well, Cam Sutton's a wasted draft pick, or Justin Lane's a wasted draft pick." No, I don't think so. I, I, well, you gotta have, you have to have dress on game day. Yeah, they played right now. You have to have depth at the cornerback position sure. in this league. Justin, or, or I'm sorry, Hayden and Nelson are probably, you know, if you get 14 games starting out of each of those guys this year, they've done their job. That's what you at least. That, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah that sure. would be fantastic. So you know, if they, if one of them or both of them miss time, you're gonna need somebody to step in and play. I mean, when when Cam Sutton had to play. Uh, Joe Hayden's first year here as a rookie, um, you know he came off the he came off of the uh, IR. They brought him back, and Joe Hayden broke his leg. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, here's here's Cam Sutton out there, and he's facing AJ Green the next week. You know, and they're right. going to test oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not everyone in the secondary is going to stay healthy. Um, you did add Riley, and you had mentioned before that signing. If Minko were to go down, heaven forbid, maybe that would be Sutton. You know, he has some deep safety experience. I, I wonder he's if he's a valuable guy. I he mean, is, you, a, you have to have he's gonna play. You have to have a guy like that on your roster. Mm-hmm. It used to be William Gay was that guy. Like yeah. okay, he can play he can play outside, he can play inside. He's if you have an injury if you have an in, <laughs> yeah. an injury at safety, he can he can slide to safety for yeah. you. Is it great you know, you're gonna get top high level safety play out of him? No. But he's gonna get you in and out of a game. You're right. And he's your sixth defensive back anyway. Right. Which, right. You you probably know the percentage off the top of your head of dime again. <laughs> 
19 percent 19 percent which yeah. is a lot of snaps yeah some games it'll be 30 percent against four wide teams and, absolutely you know, like yeah that too so he's gonna or if play, you're winning by a bunch you know and he's good on special teams yeah. lane proved he was good on special teams i guess my question is let's say hayden or nelson miss time could sutton go over lane as the outside corner would that be a well? Here's the thing, right now, Justin Lane's on the COVID list. Well, I'm assuming like you know, 10, it, right? let's assume at some point he comes back, but you know, he's going to be a second-year player. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in any of the off-season stuff. Neither has the coaches. Um, you know, they they saw him in practice last year, but I think they would feel more comfortable at this point with Sutton out there than Lane, perhaps. I would think. But I think Lane's more prototypical for the outside yes, corner. Yes, absolutely. You know I, mean? I mean, he gives you the length. He gives right. you the athleticism that you're looking for there. Not that Sutton's a bad athlete. but No, but he's more slot, middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Lane, is, Lane is 6'1", and right. Sutton's 5'11". I mean, you, you know? drafted him to play one of two positions on the field, yeah. an outside-the-numbers corner. Yeah. And, and, and he's done nothing to hurt his stock. No, he is he not. And, and, again, you need that depth there. I mean, yeah. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, you, again, you don't know that guys are injury prone or anything like that. But Joe Hayden has missed time oh, over right, the course right, of his right. career with this or that, or you know, it just happens. That's uh, the, people are going to miss time. People are going right. to miss time, and you you have to have depth there if, if you're going to be a good football team. You mm-hmm. can't be running Antoine Blake out there. Yeah, it's encouraging that, though. That I mean, and a lot of the people, a lot of analytics nerds will tell you, when in doubt, draft a corner. You know, like yeah. it's a position you never want. To, I'll always take another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, again, I don't think either one of those guys are bad football players. I know mm-hmm. the, the Steelers – well, Kevin Colbert can't draft cornerbacks. They didn't spend a lot of premium picks on cornerbacks. When you, you know, well, back in the day, they didn't if at you're, all. If you're taking a fourth-round corner or you're taking a sixth-round corner and they don't hit, mm-hmm. that's the norm. Well, that's how the defense was designed, too. Yeah. That was a, a corner – they cut corners a corner. you know, you got to cut yeah. corners somewhere. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think you, if you're spending third-round picks, you're spending second-round picks. Uh, Senquez Golson was a – that was a freaky thing. No, right. right that was right. a freaky That's thing that, that happened. Uh, you know, you, you'd right. like to hit on the on, on a first round corner, but again, you draft an Artie Burns, you know, twenty fifth overall, and there's five guys, five corners taken ahead of him. Mm-hmm. You're getting the sixth best cornerback in the draft. No, and that one didn't work out. You right. Know I mean, that, that's the proof's in the pudding on that one. Um, but no, I, I think it's a nice situation now, and, and I've often talked about how the depth on defense worries me. Not in that area. I'm not worried at cornerback right, at all. No. no, neither am I. Uh, but anyways, that is going to do it for our show today. Stay tuned right here. Wes Euler and Arthur Motes picking up the slack here as soon as we are done. They will keep us uh, going here with our wall-to-wall Steelers coverage on Steelers Nation Radio. For my partner, Matt Williamson, I'm Dale Lally. We want to thank uh, Jacob here on site, keeping us on the air as well. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs>